Hello, and welcome to episode 138 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Corey Taylor. Corey is the creator and the force behind Artists Unites, Artists Unite, excuse me, a Black Lives Matter art anthology now on Indiegogo. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Corey, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, could you give us a quick uh, bio about yourself and the comics that you make, and then we'll take a deep dive into your creative process. Okay, thank you for uh, inviting me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Corey Taylor. I was in the military for 22 years. I started drawing comics probably in, in high school, right around high school. I got serious with art. I drew a few comics then, and my main goal was I was going to go um, – was going to go to art school and I was going to have go in the Air Force for four years and have the Air Force pay for art school but somehow that didn't happen I ended up staying in the Air Force for 22 years and in that 22 years I didn't pick up a pencil didn't draw I retired in 2011 and my wife was like you know that you know that comic book store you always talking about she was like you need to get that done you need to you know, do something with, you know, the, all this talent that you had and it's just sitting on it. So I decided to start drawing again and it took me about two years to get Copycat and the Bomb Squad together um, and redo all the characters that I did somewhat like 30 years ago when I drew these guys, originally drew these guys. Um, uh, that's mainly it on, on Copycat and the Bomb Squad. Um, you guys have any... Oh, well, yeah, I just wanted to say thank you for your service, first off, yes. and, um, but also it's always great. We, it seems to be a, a reoccurring segment, uh, not reoccurring segment, but a reoccurring, uh, you know, theme amongst the artists that we have on here, and both of us are sort of products of that, too, is that we, we often find that behind every comics creator, there's like a, a spouse of some sort saying, just do it, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, that's, that's so important, it's, uh, and that's, that's got to be amazing, and I know you're a, uh, you're a huge family man. I think of when I saw you at the convention last year, you had your whole family. You had your whole family there helping you with the booth. Yeah, they're my uh, my my kids and my wife. They're my editors. Um, That's as soon awesome. as I draw a page, I'll give it to my wife and my daughter, older my teenage daughter, and she'll be like, "No, you can't do that, Dad. That's that's too crazy." <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it works out. She was like, "You got to change that." A teenager would not say that. So. That's great. My, my wife and my daughter, they're my editors. It, it works out. That's awesome. So, cool. so 22 years in the Air Force and not having the time to, to pick up a pencil and, and to draw, and then sort of with that encouragement to, to get back at the creative stuff, um, did, was it like riding a bicycle, um, drawing, or did it take some time for the, sort of that uh, hand coordination muscle memory to come back and, and the art skills to, you know, come back to you? Oh, no. Um, I'm still not to the level I was when I stopped drawing. Because wow. I have some drawing. Because my original style, I used to love Arthur Adams in high school. Oh, yeah. And I would draw, and I would, um, all of my art was super detailed. And I love cross-hatching. Love cross The more detail in a drawing, the, the happier I got. So after t 30 years of not drawing, I, when I started again, I couldn't do it anymore. Wow. So I had to basically teach myself how to draw again. Um, and I'm still not where I want to be. So I adopted a more cartoony style. I can still draw the figures, but the detail is, it's extremely hard and it takes me a long time. Um, 
if I went back to my original style, it would take me about a month to do one drawing. Wow. So I'm doing more of a Batman the animated series, that type of card. If you look at copycat, it's got a more cartoon look to it. And I did that so that I could get some work done. Um, yeah. Yeah, because then also, uh, it took me two years to draw copy, to get the first issue of Copycat drawn because I had to relearn everything. And also, I was learning um, how to do digital art. I uh, picked up a Wacom right here, and I was using uh, YouTube, looking up all the tutorials on how to color, how to digital ink, and it, it, took, it took quite some time. That's really impressive because I was just sort of admiring how I – copycat like i read the first issue the first and second issues again today and i was so surprised about how easy they were to read through and just because they were just very clear storytelling the pages flowed really nicely and and compositionally like i never felt like anything jarring so that's really that's that's even more impressive that it had you had to reteach yourself to do those skills because that shows like a very natural inclination to storytelling in comics oh all that compositionally oh thank you i found when i was relearning how to do this i found a tutorial with um, it was a book by will eisner on his version of storytelling and that's what i followed on the page structure most of my page structure where you have to leave each page somewhat on a cliffhanger and have one big thing happen on each page so i tried to do that with every page have a little bit of action to lead into the next page and I was surprised at how good it came out. I was really surprised because when I first brought the book to conventions, I was worried about it. I didn't think it was that good. But then, you know, so many people were like, oh, I like it. I mean, it's funny. And I just, I couldn't believe it, you know, that people actually liked it. My first book, I couldn't believe it. It's so much fun. It's just a, it's just a blast to go through. And I guess that, um, and you sort of talk about in the back of the first issue about all your influences on this. You know, you've got, yeah, you've got cartoons, anime, uh, black exploitation films, of course, classic comics, everything like that. You know, and I can definitely, as I was going through that, I could definitely feel that baked in into the the book. And I guess um, part of the the focus of this story, I guess, sort of comes that this has been in your mind for a long time. So, all those influences have have they always been baked in there? Um. Yes, yes, they were. Uh, the original story I wrote uh, was about wasn't about the, the original wasn't about copycat, but they were the they were the same five characters. Um, I didn't and copycat was the original character was based off of Pam Greer, where I thought, what if you took Pam Greer, Foxy Brown, and gave her superpowers? I wanted her to have that kind of attitude. Yeah. But you know, later it became you know the the character evolved into copycat. Um, but she copied that as a character that I've always, I've always wanted to see as a kid, uh, because I love Storm and the X-Men. I didn't really care for Power Man, but I always wanted to see a, have a black superhero just, just, uh, if you, someone would just let them let loose and just do, just balls to the wall, just do whatever, like almost be like a Wolverine type character. Mm-hmm. So that's what Copycat became. I just wanted to have a character that didn't have any real limitations. Because I just didn't like sometimes when you'd read like a, a comic book with Storm in it, she would, she, there, there were great stories about Storm, 
but I never thought that they were actually exciting stories or stories like she was always there, but she was just never, she wasn't doing the stuff Wolverine was doing. And I just wanted to see that in a, in a female character. I get that because actually while I was reading it, there are elements of certain Marvel characters that are baked into copycat. There's Wolverine, obviously, with how invulnerable she is. Mm -hmm. And there's the um, sort of Taskmaster element, too, yes. which is such a cool power that she can <laughs> yes. just copy everyone. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool character that I've never seen, obviously, uh, in a superhero. Like, you know, as a superhero, it's always a villain that, that, like, you know, the villain is the more popular version of that's power. And then also a female superhero and then a black female superhero on top of that. It's very cool to see that. And I definitely feel the, the Wolverine vibes as well, because it's hard when you have a character that can't die, you know, the stakes in that obviously you know are, are sort of gone so you have to establish other stakes but you also have to make the character interesting and part of what makes you know wolverine's just a great character and he's fun to read and i kind of feel like you've struck that balance with uh with copycat as well like you just made her a fun character and uh that makes then you know basing her sort of off of pam greer and uh you know it, it, it makes sense is she based off of anyone else um no, that's really, really it. Um, it's really, most of it's Pam Greer and Wolverine. Um, that was, no, no, I think that's, that's it. I'm trying to think, because I created her so long ago. I'm trying to think, you know, what I was actually thinking when I came up with her. Uh, no, I just wanted, I came up with the, uh, the, 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 the copy, where she could copy, you know, the Taskmaster ability. Uh, I came up with that, added that first to the character, but I added the invulnerability because I thought it would be funny. Yeah. It's like, you, you have a girl, a teenage girl that's bulletproof. She's going to be doing crazy stuff. And I just wanted to see her like, you know, get shot in the face and survive, yeah. you know, get, you know, knocked off a building or hit by a car. You know, those, those are the things I wanted, you know, to, for her to see, because she could still die. She's not, she's not invulnerable. She can die, but. I just thought it would be funny having those things where she's constantly getting, you know, you know, villains trying to take her out, but she's still surviving. I thought it'd be a funny thing for a character, a teenage character. And it's so cool to be like, cause again, that's another thing you don't see very much because women are always sort of seen to be fragile and, you know, are the ones that have to fly above it all so that they don't get hit and whacked and everything like that. So it's, it's cool to see something new in that character. And then of course, just for her to be, just super pissed after every time she gets shot in the face is all always hilarious to see her go off on the guys. <laughs> it's, it's just great. So Corey, what is your, your process like um, with, uh, I'm guessing with like copycat, you, you, you're serving both as the, the writer creator and the, the artist there. So are you writing yourself? And I know that copycat is an idea that's sort of been in your in your head for for a while. It's taken some different forms through the years. But do you write yourself detailed outlines, or do you write yourself sort of like a, a basic premise and then sort of sit down to, to thumbnail the idea, just sort of lay out the page? Like, what's the process? Um, the writer hat, creator hat, to to the to to, to the artist hat. Oh, great! That's a great question. Um... For when I was in the military, for the, I didn't draw any, but I did write some. Oh. So around 2000, I um, outlined like what I wanted with the story. And I probably have 
enough material mapped out for at least another 20 issues. Wow. Because the original story I did for Copycat was a, a time travel story. But I couldn't, when I started drawing again, after all the time went by, I realized that I couldn't just start with a time travel story. I said that it wouldn't make sense. So I had to introduce the characters. Mm-hmm. So I already know the ending of the book. And it, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a crazy ending. It's, I can just tell a little bit. I don't want to ruin it, but the, the really the main part of the story is where Copycat gets sent back in the past. So right around the time when slavery ends, so if you think about it, and she's going to be sent back with a villain. So there are going to be two superpowered people running around right after slavery. And the whole premise of the story is, what would you do if you were superpowered back during that time? Wow. Would you change history? Would you leave it alone? Or what would you do? So that was the main like, story that started everything for me. So the stuff that's going on now is going to lead up to that story, that end point. And it's going to get crazy where she's going to be stuck back in time. She's going to have to do some other jumps to other places in time. And she's going to meet up with some historical character, historical figures. It's, I got a lot planned for this character. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. And um, when you first conceived of the idea, did you conceive of the other characters as well? Like um, uh, like her, her, her brother and her sisters? Her brother and sister, I guess. Yeah. Yes, it was always a, a family team dynamic. Um, and I wanted it to be where, always wanted it to be where the topic had being the youngest and being the leader of the group, but the rest of the family, they don't really want to be superheroes. And the only reason they're being superheroes is to keep her out of trouble. Mm. And uh, that was the main, the main plot line. It, it's all about copycat but the brothers and sisters are there to help her out. And they're kind of like some of the comic relief, you know, like uh, her older brother is, he's the straight straight arrow guy to try to, keep, try to keep her focused, to keep her from causing too much damage. Yeah. It's a great moment in the first issue when he's sort of trying to keep her in check when they first invade the penthouse. Mm-hmm. And then the one of the guys calls her, you know, the B word. And all of a sudden, he's like, well, should have done that. And he just lets her go off after that. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's such a cool thing to basically have uh, within a short time to establish that sort of relationship where he can only sort of try to keep her in check, but, but so long, but he definitely loves her enough to be like, I don't want you to get disrespected. So, you know, <laughs> and that's great. And then also her, uh, you know, uh, one of the, things that I like about that first issue is how the twist at the end again not just hopefully not to spoil the end of the issue but there's a twist at the end where basically you realize she's made a huge mistake because she's sort of a hothead um (laughs) what where did that idea come from to sort of end it there because I was sort of thrown for a loop where I was like oh wow you know like did not see that coming at all um I (laughs) cut That was a, the original story. That was, it wasn't, I didn't plan to get that in there until when I started drawing it. Oh. The original story wasn't set up that way, but I did have the scene. I always wanted to have her get shot at with a bazooka. Yes. So I knew I wanted it to end that way, but it, it worked out. I was like, but what if I make it where he's a record producer instead of a drug dealer? Because the original story, it was the drug dealer. 
Like okay. they did meet up with a drug dealer, but I said, no, that's not funny. That doesn't, it, it just doesn't work. And I was like, it's, a, it's more, it's funnier if they're just rappers. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's just crazy. Like he would just pull a bazooka from behind his desk. I'm like who, who would do that? Yeah. And it, it worked. It worked. Uh, that was one of the many times I've laughed out loud is when he pulls the bazooka out and he's like, yeah, I have a license for this too. Or whatever he says. And um, the, do you color the book as well, or is it is it another colorist? Yeah, I do. I, I did everything, everything. Yeah, else. that that page where you have the explosion in the background coming from behind the characters after the bazooka goes off is so great. And it was such a great page turn. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's your sort of approach to colors? Are are you? I know it's it's sort of a, it's not as like detailed. It's very saturated and sort of minimal. But uh, what's your approach to coloring the book? Um, cause I did that on purpose to make the colors saturated because I wanted it to look like a Saturday morning cartoon and I wanted it to, to stand out and I wanted, I didn't want it to look complicated. I wanted it to look basic and kind of like almost 3d where it jumps out at you. Um, so I, I did it on purpose. Um, but I am, I'm still learning. It's my coloring is basic. Uh, so I'm still trying to figure things out. Um, I've actually hired a colorist and two other uh two other artists to help out on my other issues so that's awesome um, uh, so are you the first two issues were on kickstarter are you planning on doing uh like uh more later this year on kickstarter as well um i'm going to release uh issue three three and four well, within the next year um but i'm just going to release it on on my web page and sell it that way Nice. Um, I'm going to go back to Kickstarter when I do the collection and I collect like the first six issues, five, six issues. So that right. probably won't happen until probably next year. That's fair. But I don't know. I may change. I may do put them on Kickstarter just to see how people respond to them. Because I normally sell, you know, most of my books at conventions. That's where I make, you know, I make decent money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for issue two, the story around there, there's a lot going on in issue two, obviously. But for the first part of it, when she stops the mugging and then has the interaction with the police, um, was that a story you had always wanted to tell or was that sort of affected uh, by the time that it was written around? Yeah, that was affected by the time. Um, okay. That wasn't part of the original script. Um, but I, so I, I did want to do something that would reflect you know, the situation, you know, with, with police. But mm-hmm. I didn't want to be like heavy handed like some people are when they do a story about police. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that, that the police that was having the problem was the same color as copycat. Because I didn't want it to be, you know, how some people, in a, you know, I've seen comics where they do it where it's always a white cop against the black, but I didn't want to do that. Because I didn't think that would be fair for me to put that in a comic story. That's just too heavy handed. Mm. So I wanted to make the point that if you have a bad cop, they could be black, they could be white, they could be any color. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to make sure, you know, I didn't want to just, you know, single out one race and say, they're the bad, this is bad. Because you always see that. And I don't think that's fair. So there are bad people in any, any profession. So I wanted to make, I wanted to make the flip, you know, and also I had the female cop in there that she had a part to do with some of this. So I wanted to tell that you had the one cop that was doing the bad deed, but also you had another cop that was watching it. But I made sure I had all minorities kind of, you know, all the boxes checked where it wasn't just singly one 
one race out saying because you, you see that all the time, and I don't think that's fair. You also don't make you, you you try to you don't make a point to be like it's because this police officer is black that it's this way, or it's because this person is a police officer that it's this way, or or vice versa with the woman cop. Yeah. It's just that this person was a hothead, and sort of having the partner there to sort of describe that that was a very good choice. Um, and uh, again, it sort of it, it sets up the world that copycat lives in as well. Um, you know, that this is sort of, uh, that, that sort of expands about like, sort of who's on her side, who's not on her side. And uh, yeah, it was a very cool choice to make. And um, it also sort of uh, set up the, uh, the sort of like the stakes as far as when the, the actual super, the villain team shows up at the end that, you know, they're not going to have necessarily the police helping her out or anything like that against those guys. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole crazy plot line that's about to happen um, yeah. in issue three. <laughs> Very excited about that. I love the designs for those characters, oh. all the characters, but the villains especially. I'm a sucker for armored, masked men and stuff like that. It's, it's so cool looking. Because yeah, I'm almost done with issue three. Um, I finished most of it last year, but but I wasn't happy with it, so I went had to go back and make a ton of changes. Um, but it's, it's almost ready. Issue three is almost ready. So I think some of the, the issues that we talked about there uh, with, with, the, with Copycat would transition us to the, the current project that you have on Indiegogo, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the anthology. Uh, when did you sort of, you know, in, I'm guessing maybe in light of like the, the, the recent events that have happened, um, you know, th these events have gone on for for far too long but there's sort of been with with george floyd there's been sort of you know uh a mobilizing moment for for a lot of people to come together um so how long have you have you been thinking about this or and, and how did this all come together um because i always thought about doing some type of anthology but it was going to be a comic book related anthology because um, i've been working on little short stories to put into it um but when the whole George Floyd incident happened, I, you know, I started seeing a, a change on Instagram where there was a lot of artwork that was, you know, focused on, on that, that issue and on the movement that's been happening. So I, I always thought that as an artist, you know, it's okay to draw comic books and cartoons and, and whatever you like to draw that makes you happy. But you should, if there's something going on in the world, I think you should try to focus on, on some of that, on the, folk, on, the, on the issues that are happening in the world. I think an artist should focus some of their time on trying to help someone else. So that's where the idea came from. And I say about a little, about maybe a month and a half ago, maybe two months, that's when I put out the, um, on my Instagram page. I just threw it out there to say, working on an anthology, uh, if you have any artwork or if you're doing any kind of artwork that focuses on Black Lives Matter or the current state of the world, you know, it's got to be uplifting. I don't want any, nothing violent. I just put that out there on my, um, on my page and the outpouring was, was amazing. I mean, I was receiving probably 10 DMs a day with people submitting artwork and I was, I was so proud of the Instagram, the people, the artists on Instagram. All I had to do was just put the word out. And the, the artwork just came in, it came in. Um, and 
there were some some artists that I've reached out to uh, on Instagram. You know, said like what you're doing, like this piece. Do you do you mind submitting it for this book that I'm doing? And most, I'd say 95% of them right away. I want to be part of this project. Here it is. Please use it. I'm not looking to get paid for anything. And it, it, it's the project's been a blessing because I've met people from all over the world. Um, I got there are people from the Philippines. Um, I got a ton of people from Africa, Canada. Um, so there's a lot of Brazilian artists that donated to the book. It's just all over the world. And it, it, it's just amazing. I mean, what, you know, what people did, you know, I got fine artists. I got tattoo artists submitted work. It, it was just, it was an amazing experience. It was amazing. That's incredible. And are you, do you have artwork yourself in the book as well? I only have one image that I did. Uh, it's the one that I posted on my page. It's of a uh, copycat. And it's the image of her, like, she, she has just been arrested. And she's, like, yeah. you know, standing there. Like, <laughs> that's the only image I did for the book. Because I didn't want it to be about me. Okay. I wanted it to be about, you know, the community. And I wanted it, to, you know, I'm going to take this one page for myself. Uh -oh. um, yeah, I lost you guys. Oh. Oh. Um, oh, you're still there. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted the book to be about, you know, the community, not about me. That's what I made sure. I just, I just have one image in the book. It's about all the other artists. That's really great. And with, with the curation of this artwork, did you do the design for the book yourself? Or was that something that uh, you, you worked with someone else on? No, that, that was me. It was all me. <laughs> it's a great design. I love the, the square, uh, sort of more squared, pro, like, you know, uh, sort of format of the book and uh yeah it definitely has your flair for the let like i can see that in the lettering and the design at least from what i've seen online mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i'm i'm really proud of it <laughs> that was my, my first real you know real art book so i'm, I'm proud of it that's so great when the when the the artists start contributing and the pieces start coming in um is did you sort of go through a process where you, you where you you, you tried to figure out like uh, like an order to them, like, you know, sort of like, and you know, all I've looked through the, the, the preview PDF, PDF you gave us and it's, it's all amazing, but did you sort of, did you do sort of a couple of iterations where you're like, I want to lead off with this piece. I want to close with this piece. Um, you know, I want to kind of group these pieces together. Was there, was there any process like that? Uh, yes, yes, yes it was. Um, Cause there were a lot of images that I couldn't use in the book, um, there were, you know, there was stuff that just wasn't appropriate. Um, but I did, I wanted to lead off with, you know, some stronger pieces and, but then mix in some pieces that weren't, you know, weren't as, you know, as a, a polished artist. Mm -hmm. Um, but what, one thing that did work is that I would put a piece on a page, but then I also had submissions, poetry submissions. Wow. And I would try to find a poem that matched the image on the page. So that's what the one thing I tried to do, and I kept showing it to my wife, and she's like, that works really well if you have this certain image and a poem that kind of matches the image. And I went, I did that for most of the art, and also I went back to a lot of the artists and asked them, do you have any, what do you want to say about the art that's going to be in the book, the art that's going to be in the book? So a lot of them already had a post on Instagram, like explaining what they were talking, you know, what they were feeling when they did the art. 
So I would go back to an artist and say, okay, this is what you want, you want me to use. And I'd use their words next to the artwork to put their statement. If they didn't have a statement, I'd find a poem that someone submitted that would kind of fit the feel of the art. So the, all, are, are all the, uh, I know that we open up with a, a Malcolm X quote, but are all the poems um, like original or is it a combination of original and then poems you went back and found that you kind of felt that fit the imagery? Uh, the only one that isn't original is the Malcolm X quote. Okay. Everything that's, was submitted to me by the community. That's really awesome to, because a lot of times if you think about like a comic, um, you know, the, the thing about comics is that it's a combination of imagery and words. And you've, you've accomplished that. Uh, you've accomplished that here with the art book where you're, 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 you're taking, you know, something that's visually striking to us and then you're adding some, some, uh, you know, narrative or a quotation or, or a poem, which is sort of, um, bringing the things together, which is a lot of that you're probably doing with, with copycat and your other work. So it's really cool that even though it's, it's an art book, it still borrows on the same sort of principles as a comic of visual storytelling and a combination of, of a narrative. Yeah, that's right. That's amazing that you caught that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that you caught that. Yeah, because it was, it did take me a lot of filtering through the, the submissions that I had so that I could put the stuff together. Like also when I put the images on the page together, I kind of have to say, okay, does this fit with this one? So it was, yeah, you, you, you are correct. You're 100% correct. Is that sort of, because uh, there's a lot of an editorial process there. Did you enjoy that process as much as you do writing and drawing your own comics? Or uh, do you think that you would maybe try to do more projects like that where you're sort of more an editor slash, you know, curator, publisher? Uh, it was fun. It, it was fun. Um, but it's not as fun as, as putting a comic together. Yeah. Uh, nothing is as fun as that. Um, but I would do it again. I would. Um, it was just, it was the only thing hard about putting the book together was the coordination with some of the artists. Because um, I had so many artists that said, okay, I'm down for it. I will, I'll submit something. But then a week would go by and I'd have to almost hound them. It was like, okay, are you still interested? That was the only hard part about it, um, where some people would forget or they, you know, they send me something, but they wouldn't send their information with it. And it was a ton of coordination. Um, that was the only downside, but it was, an, it was, overall, it was an enjoyable project. Sounds, I mean, it sounds also very rewarding. Um, how many pages are in the book? Uh, 64 pages. Um, that was, but I'm probably going to have to boost it up probably another 10 pages um, wow. because I've received quite a bit. There's still some artists that are still trickling in with their work. So I'm going to, I'm probably going to, it's probably going to be in the, in the 70s at least, um, the final book. Very nice. So what's the reception been like? Because uh, you probably have, you know, you, you said that you, you go in the cons, you, you, you know, you, you're able to do fairly well at cons and establish an audience. What was the sort of reception to, to an art book? Did you, did you find, um, are you finding a lot of people who know you from your comic work that are, that are coming over here as well? Or, is, or, or are you finding, um, you know, a lot of people who obviously, you know, with this being such a worthy cause, are, are, 
are, are coming here and, and, and backing the, the crowdfunding project? Um, I'm getting a ton of, uh, you know, praises, you know, from my audience. Um, you know, there are a few on Facebook, but there is a problem that I'm having is Facebook won't promote the book at, at all. That's the issue, Facebook or Instagram. Um, wow. Yeah, I've tried to promote it, you know, where you, you, know, you pay for a, an ad, um, but they won't, it, it's, it's not getting any traction. It's, it's not being promoted at all. So I'm having to do it, you know, the old fashioned way. Um, you know, sending out emails or just directly contacting people and hoping that, you know, it's shared. Uh, it's gotten some, you know, a little bit of traction, but it, it's not. A lot of people aren't seeing the book. That's the problem uh, with social media. It's, it's just not getting out there. And uh, so I guess then, uh, you know, with that, are you are you sort of like have like are a lot of your fans sort of coming to your aid and, and helping share the pro like you know share the project on oh, social media? Oh yes, yes they are. They, the That's fans good. are helping out. I have reached out to them and the fans. They, they're definitely helping out. That's awesome. So I I just have a general question, and maybe you you don't you don't know this for sure, but is it is it, it is and I, I don't want to like go down the, the, the Facebook rabbit hole of, you know, how it's useful, but it's also, you know, not useful at times. Is it, is it, is it, is it because, and I, I hope this is not the case, but are they, is it being deemed as like, you know, by some sense or somewhere as like too political or something like that? That's it. Oh, uh, wow. That, that's definitely it. Cause I've started probably five different prom promotions and I've changed it each time. I'll completely just strip everything out and just, you know, say, please support my project or check out my project. And it's been deemed uh, political every time. <laughs> I've tried every possible hashtag and, and it, it's just not, it's not working. Bug. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to, you know, the, to talk to somebody. I was like, this is not, you know, about hate speech or anything. It's, it's about positivity. The book is yeah. a positive, it's an art book. Yeah. It's not that's, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that is rather unfortunate. It's disappointing. Yep. Yeah. But I'm really glad to hear that there is support in the community of comics and activism supporting this. And I think you know, just to sort of turn a positive spin on this. I mean, the book is a positive spin, you know? Yes. It's very, you know, I'm really glad it exists. Yeah, thank you. Because it, it, it could have been something really, you know, completely different. Because a lot of people that when I first put it out there, they were sending me artwork, like, you know, with violence against the police and all. I was like, that, that is not what this book is about. Mm. You know, it's, it's not about... That's not what it's about. And that's what a lot of people thought it was going to be about. And I was like, no, if, it, if the artwork they're sending me isn't peaceful, is it, if it isn't uplifting someone, it, it can't be in, in this book. What, what would you say, um, in a few words, well, what is the, the message of the book, I guess, in, in a few words or, or less, uh, just to get sort of general about it. And, and, and I, you've, you've talked about it in, in depth, but it'd be great to hear just sort of what, you know, what, what you feel the core message is behind the book? Uh, for the, the reason why I did the book is that is for artists to understand to, for artists to use your platform to make change. Mm -hmm. That as an artist, sometimes you feel that 
just drawing pictures really isn't going to help anything. You know, you, you feel like you don't, your platform is just about, you know, making people happy. But as an artist, you, you, you need to represent what's going on in the world. That's the main, the main goal of the book. And that's what I, that's something that I've always felt that, you know, you should be aware as an artist, you should be aware of what's going on in the world. You know, not just drawing Instagram models or, or transformers. That, that's what I believe. Yeah. And uh, why is it important to you that it's sort of an uplifting message? Because uh, you have to be careful. Um, it, it's not hard to be, to have something that's angry. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not hard. That's the low, low bar where you, anyone can say, you know, screw the police, screw this, you know, oppression. But you need to take the high road and show that you have, you have some class and really put some thought into what you're, what you're creating. That's why I didn't, I didn't want to go that route. I didn't want to just have an angry art book. And, you know, anyone could have done that. So I wanted it to show, you know, all sides of this. Because um, if you look through the book, everything in the book isn't about, like, police brutality. You know, a lot of the art is just uplifting, you know, about beauty and, and about, about, there's some stuff about different issues also. So... Um, I know I'm just rambling. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, That's no, what no, you're making our job so much easier. Oh, it's great. I'm rambling on. Um, no. So, so with the with the uplifting message, um, it's probably helpful in in a couple of other ways. As as a as a as a as a father of two kids, it's probably helpful to to show them, um, you know even with as terrible as things are going right now, there's still some hope. And the other thing with it being uplifting is if there's anybody who unfortunately is on the opposite side of this issue, mm -hmm. it, 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 you know, it doesn't give them the, the ammo to, to try to tear it down and say that it's, 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 you know, uh, it's doing this. Like you can, you, you always are able to say, Hey, look, this is this is a book about you know hope and 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 tackling this subject, but I, you know it, it's uh, it you're, you're doing it from from a positive place, so it's probably helpful that way as well, right? Uh, yes, yes. As I um, I just don't because I have this argument on Facebook a lot with a lot of people I used I you know work with or used to work with. Um, it, and they all, it's always, when you post something on Facebook, all, it's always an argument back, like it's always like a challenge, like, like you have something to prove. Mm -hmm. And I had this argument with an old co coworker, and I was like, it's not about who's right or wrong, it's about coming together and for someone else to understand my point of view. That's all this, it's about. And it's, it's not just about me being right, you being wrong, or me not agreeing with your point. I just hope when people look at this book that they can see, you know, that there's another point of view. That you may not have been discriminated against. You may not have seen, uh, you may not have been, had some, an issue with, you know, the police. But there are people out there that have. And this book is just hoping that people would see it and just understand that just because you haven't been discriminated against, that it, it happens. That's all. It is not about right or wrong, not about who's right, who's, who's wrong. It's just a common ground that people can understand that this is still a problem. Mm -hmm. 
that's really great. And is that as a, as a creator yourself, is this something that, you know, one of the big issues that people are facing now and that we've been facing, and you know, you, you wrote the one issue of copycat back in 2017, right after the first sort of, you know, huge black lives matter movements, Mm -hmm. you know, when that first re first emerged and then it sort of faded into the background again. And, um, sort of, you know, one of the big fears that's going out is that this is just going to fade. And are are you as an artist, are are you sort of committed to just sort of trying to keep it, keep the conversation going through your artwork and through your comics as you, you know, as you go through it? Yes, definitely. Um, Definitely. Um, It may not be in your face, you know, tackling the issue, but I, oh, in every issue of my book, I'm, I'm trying to put something in there to let, you know, let people know that I'm still conscious of what's going on. Yeah. Copycat her world. There's things that are, that are happening that are similar to ours, but I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to ever have a book where it's, you know, it's very straight where versus the police or or copycat against racism. I I don't want to do that kind of book. I want to, have a story that, you know, like where she saves the world, but things aren't exactly right. But um, I have a big story, like I was telling you, the time travel issue, where she's going to go back in time and come face to face, face to face with, you know, racing. And it's going to be funny, but it's also, I'm also going to, you know, have, I have a, a, a message that I'm going to have when she, when she meets up with them, so with all these, you know, different racist type of things that happen in the past. That's very encouraging and very, very good to hear. So you had mentioned that uh, with with some of your influences that one of of your influences was the the Uncanny X-Men run. And if you think about that a lot, that was a way uh, for, you know, racial issues to sort of be tackled in sort of uh, a way that was uh, sort of like a metaphor. Uh, and, and it seems like that's something that you're, uh, you're, you're doing with, with copycat. So, you know, reading those uncanny X-Men issues growing up uh, and, and, and being somebody from, from an African-American background, uh, did, did that speak to you? Oh, yes, it, it definitely did. Because um, the first comic book that I, I remember reading and remembering was uh, X-Men 137, the Phoenix Saga. That was like the first book that a cousin of mine gave to me. And it was like, it blew my mind. Um, and I went back and read all of the older X-Men issues. And um, definitely I saw the, with Magneto and Professor X, because I read a lot of civil rights books when, you know, in high school. And I remember, and it just made, you know, that whole, you could tell that those characters were one, Xavier was Martin Luther King, and Magneto was Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. You could see the, the symbolism in those two characters, um, where one was for the extreme and one was for the peaceful, you know, coexistence. Um, and I, it did have an effect on me because um, I loved uh, Chris Claremont and John Byrne's run. It, it was amazing. Um, I just wish I, you know, I wish there were more comics like like that run. It was it was just amazing. Is that sort of something you plan to explore when the uh, the supervillains and uh, enter into the next issue and become more, you know, we, we learn more about them? Is there going to be a similar relationship like between Magneto and Xavier between Copycat 
and the bomb squad and the and the new supervillains? Yes. Um, yes. Um, the main villain. Ooh, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. Sorry, that might have been a bit of a spoilery question. I'm sorry, but you did answer my question though. You did say yes, so yeah, that's good. But, but yeah, it's, it'll be a huge spoiler that I'm leading leading up to. Uh, okay. It, it, it's a huge. It's a huge spoiler. It's it deals with racism, but not in the normal. It doesn't de- not in the normal way. Mm. Not in the normal. It's um, almost almost reverse racism. <laughs> but it is yeah. going to be there. <clears throat> so in addition to to the projects you're working on now are there other uh stories that you're sort of either actively sort of developing um writing down or things that are sort of in your mind that you you, you know you're you're sort of working through the ideas um is there anything else that you would like to tackle any other stories you might like to try to take on oh yes um because i have i have three other projects that i'm working um, well, a good thing that happened working on this Artists Unite book, I got to meet a bunch of um, pencils. So I have two, got two artists from Brazil that are going to be working on two books for me. And I have another guy, another penciler from Africa. That's really good. Oh, excuse me. Um, and I'm doing a book. It's going to be a Western. Uh, it's called Slave No More, the name of the book, where it's about a runaway slave who learns that he has superpowers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love. OK, that's something that really strikes a good chord with me. And, and I think Matt, too, we yeah. love breaking genre is sort of the big thing. Yeah. And uh, the the weird Western, I guess, is sort of what it's called. It, I love that. Like, that's oh, great. great. That's it, so it, awesome. I can't wait to see that. Uh, it, it's it's going to be because it's because he's he's going to be a vigilante Punisher type. But oh, it's going to be a Western. Um, and it's going to be great. It, I want it to be like uh, if you cross, like you took Sin City and like a Django Unchained and kind of crossed it up together. It, it, You're it, speaking it, our language here. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be that. That's one story. Um, I'm doing another story called Blackfire. It's the original comic that I did when I was a kid, but I'm going to redo it. It's a space story, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. That's one story, and I'm doing a. Uh, I'm still working out the title, the but it's called uh, the Black Exploitation Mashup, where I'm Ooh. taking characters from like I got one story that I've written. The guy in Africa is going to be drawing it. It's uh, Foxy Brown Vampire Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> is, she, is she going against Blackula? No, he okay. may show up, but it, okay, yeah. So it's, it's a short story, and Shaft shows up. Uh, oh man. And I have another story that I already posted. Um, it, it's uh, Black Belt Jones in Space. So oh, I man. I saw that story on my uh, Instagram. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so. Oh, that's so cool. I got, a, I got a few projects in the works. That's very cool. And it seems like uh, you're also sort of transitioning from the, the, the solo creator to sort of the, uh, the, the head of projects and sort of like a publisher. You're, you're, you're now you're writing stories and, and you have you have other artists coming in and working on those stories. So it seems like an evolution of your, your comics career. Yes, I had to, my wife told me, she said, you're killing yourself trying to do everything. She was, you can't, because I, I was, I would come home from work, spend time with the family, and I would draw up to like two, three in the morning and then go to work the next day. 
And I was doing that, you know, like whenever I had a deadline to hit, I was doing that for like weeks at a time. She was like, you, you got to pass some of this work off. You can't, because I'm such a uh, perfectionist that I, you know, I want to, I want to do everything myself, but I, ha I have to learn to pass things off. You know, it can't, can't always be my way. Very that's cool. A, that's a, you have a great editor right there then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I liked it. I was going to actually ask about, yeah, if Dark Child Studios was expanding. So that's, that's really exciting to hear all the titles coming out underneath it. Um, it's very inspiring and I can't wait to see the, the booth at Awesome Con grow <laughs> over the next couple of years. Oh, man. It's, it's going to be crazy once this whole COVID-19 thing is over. Because I'm just stuck at home, so all I'm doing is writing and drawing. So I'm going to have, a, my table's going to be, I'm probably going to have to have two tables. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. Well, uh, Noah, uh, I know that you asked uh, about the, the expansion of uh, the, the studio, but uh, do you have any uh, final questions for, for Corey as we, we finish up here? I guess I wanted to ask about um, your, your fan, the, the sort of the comic, um, the Infinity crossover uh -huh. book, where you, you crossed uh, Copycat over with, you know, the MCU, Dragon Balls, DC Universe, several other animes, The Incredibles. Um, you know, that, that book, again, I, I read it this afternoon. And I, you know, when I think of like a fan art comic, you know, I usually think like, oh, it'll probably be short, you know, sort of standard, you know, like six pages or something like that. It'll just be like a cool setup and it'll end on a double page splash with all the characters. And then you'll do, you know, your imagination just sort of fills in the rest. But like, I was surprised that like after that initial sort of where like fan comics end, you know, on that double page spread with all the characters, it kept going. And then there was another action sequence where it did show how all these characters were going to kick Thanos's ass in the MCU. And um, <laughs> it was just like sincerely and incredibly awesome. I, I would love to hear you talk about that book. And you told us a little bit off, off mic, but I'd love to hear. Yeah. I'd love for our listeners to hear about that story. Oh yeah. Um, that story, there was so much that I cut out of it. Oh wow. Um, Cause I was rushing to get it done for a blurred con um, to sell it. Um, there were so many other battles that, that were in there. Um, there was a Street Fighter battle that I wanted to have in with Ryu and all the Street Fighter characters against Thanos. Um, I had to cut down the Dragon Ball part. And there were so many of the other characters that, like the My Hero Academia ones. There oh, was, yeah. It was another battle, but it was probably a good 10 pages that I cut out of the sword because I just didn't have time. But it, it, was, it was so much fun. <laughs> Fun. Did you draw those ten pages? Huh? Did you draw I the ten pages? I sketched them out. I sketched okay. them out, but I didn't. I didn't finish them. But the book was so much fun because my son was like, "Hey, why don't you throw SpongeBob in there?" Okay, that'll work. <laughs> and I was like, okay, throw this guy in. Okay, we'll do that. You know, so he kept coming to me with all these different characters. So I was thinking of doing, possibly going back to the story and putting all the stuff that I took out that I had to leave out because it's supposed be awesome. to be a lot longer. But, but that's one book I was kind of worried about. I was like, I don't own these characters, so I really can't, you know, promote it too much. But, but it was fun. It, it, it was a ton of fun doing that story. And especially yeah. the ending with Batman. Yes. Because you know, I, I, I had to throw it in there because Copycat loves Batman. So I had to throw that in there. And I was hoping people would get the references that I was 
you know, I was saying, because I really like the part where she's asking him, because he says he, he's taking the time stone. Yeah. And she was like, so what are you going to do with that? And she's, she's like, oh, your parents, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to use it to go save his parents. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, was, it was so awesome to read. I, I love that. I loved reading it. It was just a pure joy across the board. And it was very inspiring too, because I'm like, I'm like, I've got, I love doing crossover fan art. And I was like, oh, this really, I've been wanting to do some lately. And now after reading that, I was like, I need to do some crossover fan art. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I had so much fun, fun with that book. I had so much fun doing it. That's awesome. Well, uh, thanks, thanks so much for being on, Corey. Um, could you let folks know where they can follow you uh, online so they can stay up to date on, on all of your projects? Okay, I'm on, it's mainly I'm on Instagram most of the time, and I'll, you know, respond right away. I'm on um, uh, Corey Taylor Art, at Corey Taylor Art on Instagram, at Corey Taylor Art on Facebook. I'm usually not on Facebook that much, so if you want to get in touch with me, uh, go with Instagram, and my website is darkchildstudios.com. And does all of that, uh, um, I'm assuming that uh, like the, the link in your bio takes you to the, uh, on Instagram takes you to, to the Indiegogo or does it take you to, to your webpage and then to, to the Indiegogo? What's the best way for folks to, to get to the Indiegogo? If they click on the link on my Instagram page, it'll take you to all of my website. There's a link for everything, the Indiegogo, the website, everything, and Facebook. So they're all there. And my, and my store are on Awesome. Well, we're going to, we're going to put links to the, all that stuff in the show notes. So for anybody listening, they can just scroll down and, and click the link and, and get there as well. But uh, we wanted to give you a chance to, to let folks know uh, where they can keep up with all this awesome stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. Well, Corey, uh, you have uh, you have an open invite. Anytime you want to come back, talk about more, more comics, uh, more art. Uh, we, we would love to have you back on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks. Uh, so for anybody listening, if they could give us a rating and review on whatever podcasting service they use, we'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter at Construct Com Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. Um, also, uh, check out the, is it Dino underscore comic? Uh, yeah, Dino Thrash, Dino underscore thrashers comic i think or there's some underscores just i think if you just type in dino thrashers comic it should come up awesome yeah so check that out because that's got some stuff that noah's uh working on and there'll be more news on that soon um i'd like to thank everybody for listening uh, everybody be safe be nice to each other and go out there and make some art and make some comics and uh make the world a better place cool thank you